Welcome in to another edition of Locked On Titans. Jimmy Morris, joined as always by Terry Lambert. Terry, how are you tonight? Doing all right. What's up with you, man? Not too much. Uh, tonight we're going to talk about some of the stuff that Mike Vrabel talked about at his Monday press conference. Uh, we'll get into a little bit of the playing time from the game against the Ravens, some notes from there, and then we'll talk a little bit about the game in London on Sunday. Before we do that, remind you, we're right from UnityMiracles.com, where we cover the Titans for SB Nation, so you can check us out there. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at JMorrisMCM. Terry's at TLambertFB. Uh, you can also get the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Just search out Locked On Titans. Uh, and you can subscribe there so that you get the newest episodes as soon as they are available. Mike Vrabel uh, had his Monday press conference, obviously, today. Um, uh, just a few things to take away. Uh, injury notes. One, it sounds like they have a chance to get Wesley Woodyard back this week, which is obviously a huge thing for this defense. Uh, we've seen the issues that they've had with him out and again you know the, the, when you look at the numbers and that kind of stuff it, it's not as bad as it's felt at times but they've definitely missed his presence in the middle of this defense absolutely and you know you talk about Rashawn Evans being thrown into the fire uh he probably just hadn't been ready uh, so it's too early to make judgments on, on him thought he looked a little bit better yesterday made some plays near the end of the game especially in the run games and big hits uh, you know Will Compton was inactive yesterday and that forced Darren Bate into the equation. Uh, and he just wasn't very good in coverage. So that, that's why you're seeing some of these gaping holes over the middle of the field. And that's why the Ravens converted some of those third and 17s, whatever they were. So uh, Wesley Woodyard has been missed. Uh, and, and that's something that I don't think me or you really talked about enough when, when he got hurt and went down. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, he might be one of, <laughs> might be the most important player on this defense. Yeah, and it's it's weird. I mean, they, you know, I mean, I think when they drafted Rashawn Evans, we kind of assumed that they drafted him to take over for Wesley Woodyard. Now, they didn't have to be this year, um, you know, and, and again, Woodyard's one of those weird guys who it, it seemed like his career was kind of turning towards being over, and then he found the fountain of youth or whatever and has been really good the last two years um, after, you know, kind of struggling the year before that, so um, yeah, I mean, he's a guy that's, been, that's obviously been missed. And like you said, with just the numbers there, they've been forced to do some things that they maybe didn't necessarily want to do um, just because they haven't had guys there. Rashawn Evans, like you say, played better this week. Uh, Mike Vrabel said that in the press conference today. And he's been he, he's been fairly honest and upfront with, you know, when, when they ask him how a guy played, he'll, without, you know, throwing a guy under the bus or whatever, he'll be pretty honest with, with how he feels a guy did. And, you know, basically said, look, Rashawn Evans was better this week than last week, um, continues to improve, continues to grow. Uh, you know, and he said in his press conference last week, basically, I'm going to coach him up. Like, you know, he's going to take special interest in that because he obviously understands the position. Um, and so it's good to see improvement from him. And then when Woodgar gets back, you've got a little bit of depth that position, which is, which is a good thing. Uh, the other, I guess, major note from today Derek Morgan has a shoulder injury that's going to keep him out for a couple of weeks. You know, he's a guy that has been their starter there opposite Brian Arakpo, the guy that plays, you know, the majority of the snaps. I mean, him and Arakpo are out there the most as, as far as the outside linebackers are concerned. With him out, you're going to have to rely more on Harold Landry. Uh, and then obviously guys like Kamalei Correa, uh, Sharif Finch, the, the guys behind them as well. But Morgan's a guy that, you know, really for his whole career here, has been a solid player. He's never been great. Um, he's one of those guys that looks better 
you know, on like PFF than he does. Just if you look at a you know box score from the game, but um, they'll, they'll miss him because he's a veteran. He, he's good, you know, against the run and against the pass. But you know, really, this to me just kind of gives Harold Landry an opportunity to get more snaps, and I think that's a good thing for this defense. Yeah, Morgan's a a strange guy because you know you lose him and you're like ah maybe not the the biggest deal in the world. But then you start to realize how much you miss him on Sundays. Um, so you've got Harold Landry there now. Maybe it's not such a big loss. But uh, that's just a, a veteran that does his job. Uh, nothing flashy about him. Not going to make a, a ton of sacks. But he gets pressure. You know, that's been the story of his career. He's Mr. Pressure. Um, he hadn't finished a lot of sacks over the course of his career. But uh, a really solid guy. Uh, but, you know, a, a big spot for Harold Landry uh, a big spot for Sharif Finch, who we saw play some snaps uh, on Sunday. So, um, not the end of the world, but obviously another tough loss. Um, you know, already down Vicaro, you're assuming you get Woodyard back. But Titans need to get healthy on defense because uh, apparently, you know, that's that's kind of the heart and soul of this team. Yeah, and the pass rush is going to have to be better in London than it was on, it was on Sunday. Uh, they didn't make Joe Flacco uncomfortable at all. And if they let Philip Rivers sit back there with that kind of time, he's going to pick them apart. So um, you'll ha- you'll have to hope that those guys come in and play a little bit better. The only other really injury of note: Quentin Spain got hurt in the game, wasn't able to finish. Corey Corey Levin came in for him. Uh, Vrabel said Quentin Quentin Spain will be day to day, so we'll kind of monitor his work and practice as the week goes along. And this is going to be a little bit different of a week. Um, I, I think, for, if, if I understood correctly today, they're going to practice on Tuesday, and they're going to kind of practice Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then leave Thursday to go to London. So where you usually don't start practice till Wednesday, they are going to practice on Tuesday. Now, I don't know, as far as the practice report goes, I don't think they have to give one, or at least they don't have to give statuses as far as, you know, limited or whatever in, in practice. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what we get out of the work that they do tomorrow. Uh, just kind of finishing up the the press conference from today was asked very was asked about malcolm butler something we talked a little bit about last night and he said basically it's a it's a technique issue it's not an effort issue which i mean i don't think we any of us thought that it was with butler uh we talked about you know i mean so much in, in training camp and all that stuff we talked about the energy that he brought and all that kind of stuff um but very basically said it's a technique thing with him and i don't know a technique thing sounds fixable but do, do you feel like this is something they're going to be able to like, hey, turn your hips this way or look here? Because variables made that comment like basically, you know, where he's looking is, is part of the issue. I mean, is that something that you feel like they can fix, you know, relatively quickly and he's going to be a different player than we've seen for the first six weeks? No. I mean, yeah. <laughs> what, this is his, what, fifth or sixth year in the league? And, and, right. Um, you know, I, I just – Hard for me to believe that Butler's just lost his technique there, and that's that's the whole problem. So, I I don't I, I don't think his body's breaking down or anything like that. It, it's it may be a technique issue, but um, for as bad as he's been, that's not getting ironed out in, in one week or, or two weeks. It, it just might be who he is. So you know, you you said it yesterday. We might just need to accept the fact that Malcolm Butler just kind of fell off the map last year for the Patriots, and just wasn't good enough to play in the Super Bowl. So it's looking more and more like Bill Belichick was right, you know, shocker. 
um, and the Titans got, uh, you know, just screwed themselves by giving him a ton of money because um, you're not getting out of that deal. Uh, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. You're not getting out of this deal in, until, what, 2020? So he's here um, for the next couple of years. So something has to be done. Something's got to be figured out. But uh, it is shocking. You know, I, I thought uh, the Patriots might be telling us something by Benjamin in the Super Bowl. I didn't think it'd be this bad. I mean, he's legitimately one of the worst corners in the league right now. Yeah, I mean, and there was a point. I, I haven't seen anything updated since the game on Sunday, but the, before the – I can't remember which game it was before, but he was, like, legitimately the worst corner as far as what pro football focus grades. So, I don't know. We'll, we'll see how that plays out. But um, it, it's just – I don't know. I, I, I hope that there's something they can find. And, and I was telling you before we came on, I mean, somebody told me on Twitter today that they feel like he's going to be okay. And I'm like, I, I, I really like to know why you feel that way because – there's been there's been no indication that, that anything's getting any better, and the only play that he made on Sunday was a ball that that Joe Flacco really underthrew. Um, Crabtree had him beat, and Flacco threw the ball a little bit behind Crabtree, and Butler was able to catch up and knock the ball away. If if, if Flacco makes a good throw there, it's another big gain. So um, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, hopefully, they can do something there. If not, I mean, I think at some point you got to entertain the idea of letting Lashawn Sims play because he's at least been serviceable in his time when he's played. And that's been better than what we've seen from Butler so far. So, I mean, it seemed kind of crazy to put a guy that you gave that much money to on the bench. But at some point, if he's not getting it done, then you've got you've to entertain that idea. All right, coming up, we'll talk a little bit about some notes from the snap counts. Before we do that, uh, i tell you about MyBookie. Uh, like I said yesterday, if you've listened to this show for any length of time, you know we talk about MyBookie uh, a lot. They sponsor the podcast. We appreciate them for doing that. And we like talking about them because they're a reputable site. Uh, their whole thing is you play, you play, you win, you get paid. Um, you don't have to do the run around. If you win, you can get your money out, all that kind of stuff. And, and you don't have that guarantee with other sites that you might be using to gamble on sports online. Um, they got a good deal going on right now. Again, if you're willing to make your first deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern time, then they're going to give you a $25 free play on top of the deposit match that they have for new customers um, when you use our promo code LOCKEDON25. Uh, so they're going to match your deposit up to $1,000. So they match you a dollar for dollar up to that, plus they give you $25 on top of what you deposit. Again, if you make that deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, great mobile site. We talked about that. Uh, you don't have to worry about downloading an app or anything like that. You can use it from your phone uh, just like you would if you were on a computer. So, Again, check it out, MyBookie, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. Use the promo code LOCKEDON25. Match your deposit dollar for dollar. Give you $25 on top of that. MyBookie, you play, you win, you get paid. So we're talking a little bit about, you know, rotations and stuff like that, uh, looking at the snap counts. And, I mean, I, I think the thing that stood out really to both of us is that Darren Bates played 17 of the 75 defensive snaps. Now, it felt like a lot more than that, and I think a lot of that's because of the third and 17 where he was out there trying to guard really Snead in the middle of the field. Um, you know, and I don't know what the deal is with Compton. I don't think he was hurt, so I, he was a healthy scratch. Um, you know, Bates is a good special teams player. We do know that. But you're at the point now when Woodyard's out, when you've got to have a rotation there, you're, he's going to be on the field at certain points. Jayon Brown played 75 uh, of 75 snaps. He was out there the whole game. Uh, Rashawn Evans played 58 of 75. 
Um, but, you know, you're going to rotate somebody else in at some point. And I don't know. It, it just feels like whenever you've got Darren Bates out there on defense, it's not a good thing. Yeah, the Titans were, were forced to do that. I, I thought Robert Spillane might get some, some run. A guy that they called up, uh, played, played some on special teams, but nothing on the defensive side of the ball. So I guess you had to get some sort of rotation out there. But uh, man, when we saw 17 snaps, we were surprised. We, we thought it was more. Uh, just because it seemed like anytime the Ravens converted a third down, it was against Darren Bates, you know, out there in zone coverage. So that was frustrating to see. Uh, again, this defense just needs to get healthy. Wesley Woodyard, such a big piece. Nobody knew how big of a piece until he was gone. So uh, looking forward to getting him back. Uh, but, you know, I, I just thought Rashawn Evans might get some more passing down work. That was kind of the knock on him coming out. Uh, was how he would hold up in coverage, whether or not he was a three-down player. Um, and clearly they're, they're thinking he's not quite there yet. So um, got to get better, got to get deeper there. Uh, you know, it's funny, uh, just a couple weeks ago, we said linebacker is one of the d- deepest spots on the team, and it is, but uh, injuries obviously crush them in that area. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, hopefully, hopefully we yards back, and, and so we don't have to have this conversation next week. Uh, offensively, when you look at the, the wide receiver rotation, kind of kind of what you expect. They only had forty four snaps on the offense. Corey Davis played thirty eight of those. Tajay played thirty five, and Taewon Taylor played thirty three. So just kind of consistent with what they've been doing there. Um, again, they need a play. They need another guy out there. I don't think that there's any help that they're going to be able to find uh, this year. You know, everybody wants them to make a trade for Amari Cooper or whoever else it may be. And then you see the report today that the Raiders are asking a one for Amari Cooper. And just based off of what you've seen, you know, from his production in the in, in the league so far, even with how desperate the Titans are for a wide receiver, I just can't imagine giving up a one for Amari. No, I'm all the way out on that. I mean, yeah. unless the unless John Gruden's going to accept a, what, a third or fourth round pick, and no, I, I just Amari's been so inconsistent. Uh, yeah, the Titans are trying to find guys that can catch the football consistently. Amari's had one of the worst drop rates in the NFL since he's been drafted. So, uh, just really just hadn't done much in, in Oakland, and, and I know Derek Carr's not all that great, but. Uh, that's that's a guy that was drafted up near the top of, of the first round. So I, I wasn't a huge fan of his coming out. I, I don't think he does enough vertically. Uh, I think he's a, a decent possession guy, uh, runs some good routes, but uh, just not not a game breaker type. And if I'm giving up a first round pick, it better be a, for a game breaker. So uh, and you know just looking around now, Titans have a lot of holes. Uh, and I don't think you can be floating out first-round picks because uh, now suddenly you're looking at adding a tight end, you're looking at adding a guard, maybe a center, you need some help on the defensive front, uh, you could add a cornerback. So um, it's just not a spot where John Robinson is going to be able to go get Mark Cooper. No, at this point, if you're trading picks, you need to be adding more picks. You, know, you need to be trading down and adding extra picks. So, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Running back snaps is something that people have been, you know, pretty focused on uh, in this game. Deion Lewis played 32 of 44. Derrick Henry played only 12 snaps. You know, and again, there, there's a lot of talk about um, needing to get Derrick Henry more involved. That kind of seems to be the theme for a, a section of this fan base. But 
I mean, I, I don't know that really giving him the ball five or six more times in this game would have made that much of a difference. Things were not getting any push, in, especially in the middle of that line. Um, you know, Deion Lewis seemed to be the better fit for this game. Uh, a guy that you would, you know, be able to throw some screens or whatever to. And, and they tried that late in the game, but it, it just wasn't able to be successful. And, and that's been, and you said it last night, I mean, kind of the, the key to this whole offense not going right now is the run game being as bad as it's been. But, I mean, both of the running backs really have been a disappointment to this point in the season. Now, again, that's not all on them. But, you know, when you talked about whether it be, like, from a fantasy perspective, right, um, you know, people talked about the running backs, and, and they were they both needed to be owned, you know, in all leagues. But at this point, it's like you don't really know what you're going to get from them week to week. And even if, you know, Deion Lewis outsnaps Derrick Henry with the numbers that he did, there's still not any production there. So I don't really know what to make of that. It's just the offense as a whole is broken right now, and the production that you're or the lack of production that you're seeing from the running backs is just kind of symptomatic of what you see with the whole offense. Yeah, I, I'm. I wouldn't mind seeing more Derrick Henry because Deion Lewis it just isn't doing a lot with his snaps. You know, it, it, he's been a disappointment. I said that last night. Um, I don't know that the Titans are maximizing him. You know, we talked last night. They didn't throw any screens. You got a, a heavy pass rush, heavy blitz. Why aren't you throwing screens? So not using him a lot in the passing game. Yeah, it, it just seems like every team in the NFL I see, everything I watch, Monday night, Sunday night, Thursday night, check down, check down, check down. It's easy completions that get your, get your quarterbacks going to keep the chains moving. Titans just don't do that, and it is bizarre. Um, so I'd, I'd like to see that. They're just not using Deion Lewis, so, um, it, at least in, in that area of the field. But I'd like to see a little more Derrick Henry, and that's just not something I thought I'd say. Um, there was a, a time in, in the second half where Baltimore knows that the pass is coming. You know, you're down 21 nothing. Um, at some point in time, you've got to change things up and take something off of Marcus Mariota. It's clearly not working. The offense cannot get any worse. Just hand it off to Derrick Henry and see if you can't get anything going. Um, at the very least, that's just going to not get Marcus Mariota hit on a play. You know, that's that's not going to be a sack. So um, I think they've been quick to abandon the run. Um, you know, against the Eagles game, they didn't they didn't run the ball very much because it was a tough front and it worked because Philadelphia had a weak secondary. But like we said last week, Baltimore, there, there's no holes in that defense. So we were wondering how they were going to move the ball. Uh, it turns out they just flat didn't. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, you, you, you thought – we talked, we had the conversation uh, last last week, the end of the week, about how, um, you know, Deion Lewis was going to be key in this game and that was going to be a thing, but it just it just didn't work out that way. It hasn't worked out this, that way this whole season. So hopefully that's something they can fix going forward. I don't know how much confidence I have in that. I think in certain games they'll be able to do it. Um, I think if they're going to be successful against the Chargers in London, they're going to have to have some success on the ground um, because they're going to want to you know, keep the Chargers' offense off the field. But I don't know, again, I don't know what my confidence level is at this point that they'll be able to do that. All right, coming up, we'll talk a little bit more about that game, uh, the lines out, so we'll give some thoughts on that. Before we do, uh, back to Trevor's favorite sponsor, BlueChew.com. Um, you remember the time where you were always ready to go? Uh, now you can increase your performance and have that extra confidence in bed. Listen up, bluechew.com. That's blue like the blue, like the color blue. 
BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work twice as fast as a, as a pill, so you're always ready to go whenever the opportunity arrives. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They've made, they're made in the USA, and Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, so they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code LOCKEDON. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON and try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. So if you look on my bookie, our friends over there, they have the line at Titans plus seven. I think you'd seen the Titans plus six and a half somewhere else. Um, I, you know, it's funny how the, the confidence in the team goes up and down from week to week, but I don't feel like that number is big enough. I, I just I don't have any confidence in this offense right now to be able to sustain a drive. And so I think that, you know, as well as the defense has played at times, they've struggled lately. And this the Chargers offense is rolling right now. I mean, I think they've they're the only team. I think I saw Mike Clay tweet earlier that has scored at least three offensive touchdowns in in all six games. Um, and I, you know, I just don't, I don't have any ability, any confidence in the Titans' ability to stop them consistently. And if you can't sustain drives, if your defense is going to be on the field for a long time against an offense like the Chargers' offense, I just feel like they're going to be able to put up as many points as they want to. Yeah, you you got Melvin Gordon. He's the catalyst there. You got Keenan Allen, uh, who works out of the slot. But then you've got Tyrell Williams. You've got Mike Williams. Uh, that's tough. Uh, you feel Philip Rivers obviously pulling the trigger there. One of those uh, guys is going to be matched up on Malcolm Butler, and that's just terrifying. I mean, I don't know how you have any confidence in at all uh, in Malcolm Butler at this point. So uh, that high flying offense with a clear weak point. Um, probably again without Kenny Vaccaro, without Derek Morgan. Um, yeah, that, that line seems low. Um, the only thing you can hope for is a trip to London, kind of getting them off of their game. Um, you hope the offense shows up, and, and they have. You know, we've sat here and said, I don't know how the Titans are going to win this game, and they've won this game. So I think it's going to take a, a creative game plan, something they haven't done for the last two weeks. Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe they need to go back to uh, drawing up plays uh, w- with Marcus, assuming Marcus Mariota has two fingers or Blaine Gabbert's back there. Maybe that'll work for him. Yeah, that does seem like the place they, they've had the most success. Uh, and again, just, just get creative on offense. Do something different when the same thing that you're trying to do is not working. And we were you know, praising this coaching staff after those two division wins against the Texans and against the Jaguars for their creativity, for what they were able to do, like you said, with, with Marcus Mariota, and he couldn't, you know, could only use three of his five fingers. Um, and it just seems like now that they've settled in a little bit. And look, I mean, uh, you know, I, I know we get accused of constantly making excuses for Marcus Mariota. He said that he's going to ditch the glove when everything's back to normal. He's still wearing it. So, I mean, I, I, he's still not all the way there. So, I, mean, I think there are probably still some limitations there. But it, with all that being said, they've got to do some things to, to switch it up a little bit to create opportunities down the field, 
or even you know screens or, or whatever it may be just to, to break it up a little bit they haven't done that in the last couple of weeks and we've seen when they've gone up against a good defense that they've they've struggled now we'll get more into the chargers you know in the next couple of podcasts but the Chargers defense was really good last year. They've struggled at times this year. They're not going to have Joey Bosa in this game, who seems like he's a, you know just a huge difference maker for this defense. So, I mean, the Chargers defense that they're going to face is not as good as you know the Ravens and maybe even the Bills that they faced last week. But I, I just still I don't I, I just I I can't have any confidence in this offense at this point. And you know, again, the, the whole Marcus Mario conversation. We'll, we'll get into that at some point down the road contract and all that. I mean, there's a lot of questions that they have to, that they have to get answered um, between now and the end of the season. But right now it's just, it's just hard to have any confidence in this offense. I mean, look, look outside of the second half of that Eagles game, the body of work that we've seen from this offense this year. And again, limitations, people being hurt, all that stuff. We understand all that, but over the last couple of weeks, they've been fairly healthy haven't been able to sustain anything, and I don't know how that's going to change in the next, you know, five, six days. Yeah, and, you know, my answer is to run the ball, but, uh, you know, like I said last night, you just might not have the personnel to do that right now. Um, so a lot of uh, a lot of questions. We don't have many answers, unfortunately. You know, like you were saying, how do you have confidence? You, you, you can't. There's no possible way. Um, you know, you see Marcus Mariota against the Eagles. You know that quarterback is is there. You've seen him in his rookie year. Uh, you've seen him in year two, year one with Mike Malarkey. Uh, the guy was great. He looked like he was going to be one of the NFL's best. Um, so, you know, this is – we can go so many different directions with Marcus Mariota, but at some point in time, excuses are, are going to wear thin. I think they're starting to get there. Um, you know, you can look at the coaching staffs that he's had. People point to that. So – there's a number of different things that work here. Um, I, I feel bad for the guy. I can't quit him because, you know, like I said, you, you've seen it. You've seen the, the results. You've seen the, the upper echelon play. Uh, it's just not there right now. So, unfortunately for me right now, I'm leaning towards more of saying Marcus Mariota is a broken quarterback that somebody is going to have to repair. Uh, and I'm just not sure how you do that, considering what's around him right now. Yeah, and that's the that's the job that Matt Lafleur has, and that's what he has to figure out. So uh, we'll continue to look at that, and hopefully we see some improvements this coming week. Like I said, no, we're not ready to give up on him just yet, but we need to see something a little bit different than what we've seen uh, so far. All right, so that'll do it for tonight. Tomorrow, Terry will have uh, a crossover episode with the Chargers guy, so look out for that. And then we'll be back on uh, Wednesday night, Thursday morning, uh, to give you kind of our preview of the Chargers and our, our final thoughts on the game. And like I said, we'll have a, a better indication on some of the guys that are injured, uh, what their status has been in practice and all that kind of stuff. So between now and then, check out MuseumMiracles.com. We'll have a ton more on the Ravens game and leading up to the Chargers game. So for Terry, this is Jimmy saying thanks for listening to Locked on Titans, and we will talk to you again tomorrow.